The paper on oneness is by Bignall Young, a prominent lecturer and teacher during the early years of the movement. It is being read by Murray Davies. As we gain in the understanding of God, if we are not the same mind, making the same understanding of individual being, our being, God is still a theory. What is the difference between theory and reality? A theory is something believed but not necessarily used or lived. Reality is being what one understands. It is realistic being. In Christian science it means understanding. Thus demonstrating I am individually instead of merely believing in God. Mrs. Eddy says, if God were understood instead of being merely believed, this understanding would establish health. Science and Health 203. Much may be accomplished for the cause of Christian science and the world today by the individual who is knowing and being the one mind. Because he understands his being to be the individual appearing or manifesting of God, this individual works effectively with power. He loses a sense of himself as having a mind separate from God he feels sure of his work, and he speaks with authority. Whether it is a belief of sin, disease, death, or warring nations, he is handling. One does not feel that his work is futile if the suggestion should come, what can your thinking do among so many? He knows better than that, because he is gaining a new meaning of one with God is a majority, for he knows his consciousness is God. What cannot God do? Mrs. Eddy says in Miscellaneous Writings on page 189, the supposition that soul or mind is breathed into matter, is a pantheistic doctrine that presents a false sense of existence, and the quickening spirit takes it away, revealing in place thereof the power and perfection of a released sense of life in God, and life as God. The scriptures declare life to be the infinite I am, not a dweller in matter. She continues, For man to know life as it is, namely God, the eternal good, gives him not merely a sense of existence, but an accompanying consciousness of spiritual power that subordinates matter and destroys sin, disease, and death. And further, this 
Jesus demonstrated in so much that St. Matthew wrote, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. This spiritual power, healing sin and sickness, was not confined to the first century. It extends to all time, inhabits eternity, and demonstrates life without beginning or end. If we know this of ourselves, we know that we are good because God is the only good. We know we are intelligent because God is the only intelligence. We are harmonious because God is the only harmony. We are the very presence of these things. We no longer feel that our demonstration lies in an appeal to a power outside ourselves to do this or that, but that we are the very presence of these things, even the presence of something that may seem to be lacking. A fog can be dispelled only by the clear shining of the sun. That is, it takes the presence of the sun to do so. No more can we disperse an error, but by being the very presence or power called God. We easily accept the fact that an error in mathematics or discord in music can only be dissipated by the presence of the true or concord. So, in Christian science practice, we must see clearly and more clearly that we are the presence of God. And in this presence, there is no sin, disease, death, or inharmony of any kind. What else could Mrs. Eddy have meant in these words? Felt ye the power of the word. The world for centuries has been educating man to believe that his life is a life of existence, supply, health, separate from God. And so when he seemed to lack any of these things, he was told to go outside himself to get them. And he has gone to climate, surgery, money, and position to find them. He is even taught to find God separate from himself, a good God, afar off. But a Christian scientist is taught there is nothing he desires or hopes for from the infinitesimal to the infinite that is not to be found within himself. Not only is he taught this, but that it is the only place these things are to be found because God is his mind and mind is and includes all things. 
all of the wonderful statements of the oneness of being that we see in science and health and the Bible, and the ones that we ourselves unfold because of our deep conviction that principle and its idea is one, and this one is God, are of no avail if we allow ourselves at the same time to feel a sense of depression and insecurity. The oneness of being can be accomplished in but one way, and that is to be it and do it. Be the perfection of mind and body that is our oneness with God. We must never think of ourselves as human beings. We are only being human beings if we are thinking of God and his ideas objectively or outside ourselves. On the other hand, when we know ourselves divine and are being and doing these things subjectively, our own divinity appears no matter what seems to be the occupation for the moment. We speak of divine consciousness. What does this mean? It could only mean the consciousness of the divine mind. Therefore, if this oneness with God is a reality, it can only be by our being and doing. This is the living God, omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. Thus, we have seen how Jesus accomplished his wonderful works. His life was a constant subjective experience. That is, his conscious knowing of his oneness with God made his experience, whether the need was to heal the sick, raise the dead, feed the five thousand, or produce the money for the taxes, subject to the divinity of his being. It was all within himself, true subjectivity. He did not think of something relative objective outside himself, but he knew that his very being was God. In other words, he was it and he did it. When an error seemingly confronted him, he did not think it was something out there with which he needed to argue or something he had to change. He healed subjectively within himself, reducing it to nothingness at the door of his own thought. This understanding gives us dominion, for we find that all we have to do is to take care of our own wheat field in our own consciousness. 
healing in a Christian science treatment is not the result of a wand magically waved by God in our behalf, and a delayed healing is not the result of a devil shaking a stick at us. In Christian science treatment, a healing is the effect of knowing that the oneness of God and man is the present fact. In conscious knowing or being it on the part of each one of us. A delayed healing is nothing but the failing to be or do this scientific knowing. Know God and his idea subjectively instead of objectively. Each one's individuality is God. As Mrs. Eddy says, he sustains my individuality, nay more, he is my individuality and my life. Unity of Good, page 48. God is all, and there is none else. Therefore, the belief in evil cannot keep God from appearing individually. God is mind, and Mrs. Eddy tells us that he is individual mind. When Jesus said, And I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me, he practically stated this same thought, understanding himself to be the individualized understanding of God instead of a human being. If one understands himself to be the individual appearing of mind, the one I or ego goes to the Father, is found in mind, and so is lifted up, and also with him is lifted up every idea of which he is conscious. Or, as Jesus said, I will draw all men unto me. One can see why the healing of sin, sickness, and death in Christian science is a necessity because it is a step in the direction of the demonstration of mind in which appears the perfection, allness, and goodness of God individually understood and lived. It begins here. The understanding that the I or ego or consciousness is God, establishes the same divinity for all the ideas for which it is conscious. Evidently Jesus never thought of himself as just a man, for he said, I and my Father are one. He thought as the Father. He didn't think as Son about the Father. Neither can we think as man about God, for then the demonstration of the infinitely good God 
would be an objective experience, something outside oneself. There is nothing factual, actual, but God and man's existence, true existence. Knowing that God sees, speaks, knows as man demonstrates the truth of Mrs. Eddy's statement. In science, mind is one, including noumenon and phenomena, God and his thoughts. Science and Health, page 114. Another well-known statement in our textbook on page 210 sustains this. Knowing that soul and its attributes were forever manifested through man, the Master healed the sick, gave sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, feet to the lame. Have you noted, she says, soul and its attributes were manifested through man. She does not say just attributes, but soul. Thus we find we cannot separate cause from effect. Cause and effect, God and man. Where cause is, there is effect. Where effect is, there is cause. Give up all belief in a life separate from God, or that we are living humans and human beings. Again, Mrs. Eddy says on page 561 of the textbook, the woman in the apocalypse symbolizes generic man the spiritual idea of God. She illustrates the coincidence of God and man as the divine principle and divine idea. A study of this text shows that individual being expresses both principle and idea. Also, because the woman symbolizes generic man, the truth she portrays and illustrates is the truth every man, woman, and child represents, because generic is a term signifying one. Now what does she portray? John says she was clothed with the sun, and Mrs. Eddy says, John symbolizes spirit by the sun. This means then that the consciousness of man is spirit and that man and spirit is one. We should never think of ourselves just as man with God afar off, governing us in some take-for-granted way. Jesus never spoke of himself as man, but as one with the Father. We must learn to do this. We must know why we do this. Jesus, by his life and works, presented to the world the life which is God, 
but of that very life itself, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. John chapter 8 verse 12. We must show that we are that light intelligence of the world. When Jesus said, I and my Father are one, he made a statement which is the basis of existence and which Christian scientists must understand. Was Jesus thinking of himself as a spiritual man when he said that? If so, then where was the Father with whom he said he was one? To say, well, I can't exactly answer that question, but I believe he was one with the Father, cannot demonstrate that fact for us. We must know what he means. We cannot go on forever just believing. After all, Christian science is not just a religion, although it is generally regarded that way. It is also a science, as its title indicates, and that is where the knowing comes in. A science is something we must know. Therefore, we must know actually what Jesus meant when he said, I and my Father are one. The reason this is possible for us is because God is mind, the only mind, therefore our mind. For this reason there can be revealed to every one of us the science of such truths. The question is, where and how was he one with the Father? Because God is mind, the answer is, it is mind as mind or consciousness that man is. That God is our mind is how and where this oneness takes place. Jesus said to Philip, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. He also said, It is the Father in me that doeth the works. At this point we must see clearly that it is not man conscious of God. For if man were conscious of God, he would include God, a logic unthinkable. So we ask ourselves, then what? Why, of course, it is God, mind, conscious of its own ideas. This is why Jesus spoke with authority. It is why you and I speak with authority. The only meekness, the only humility is acknowledging no power or mind but God. Then that oneness of being must be my being, and it must be
be the nature of God, which is the nature of man. Thus, we are reminded of the statement in Science and Health on page 333. Abraham, Jacob, Moses, and the prophets caught glorious glimpses of the Messiah or Christ, which baptized these seers in the divine nature, the essence of love. Such statements illustrate the oneness of being, that what appears as each individual consciousness is the consciousness of God and man, principle and idea. This is true reflection. As I reflect upon God and thereby know that God is, what his nature and character are, what his law and idea are, consciousness finds itself to be the unfoldment of principle and idea, or God and man, and it is God doing the unfolding. Again, in Science and Health, page 485, we find, emerge gently from matter into spirit. Note the capital S for spirit, and that the emergence is not to spiritual man, but to spirit. This understanding of the oneness of being, which Mrs. Eddy has revealed in the textbook, shows why and how this work is the key to the scriptures. This knowledge of the science of oneness is a key which unlocks the inspired pages of the Bible and the textbook. The illumination which Mrs. Eddy threw upon the scriptures reminds us why she chose to write as the first tenet of our faith, as adherents of truth, we take the inspired word of the Bible as our sufficient guide to eternal life. This revelation of God and man as one is indeed sufficient for all things. In Genesis it reads, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, God created the understanding and consciousness of principle and idea as one. In another statement, Jesus said, I am the root and the offspring of David. Revelation chapter 22 verse 16. He did not say, I am the root only or I am the offspring only, but I am the root and the offspring of David, or principle and idea, or God and man. According to John, 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in Genesis, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. In other words, this understanding of oneness with God brings light. From this standpoint of the oneness of God and man begins the revelation of divine creation and being. Next follows what naturally takes place in the consciousness of the individual. He begins to understand things divinely instead of humanly. And so a firmament appears, for God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters, which Mrs. Eddy interprets thus, spiritual understanding by which human conception, material sense, is separated from truth is the firmament. The divine mind, not matter, creates all identities and they are forms of mind, the ideas of spirit, apparent only as mind, never as mindless matter, nor the so-called material senses. Science and Health, page 505. This firmament is the understanding that there is only one mind, and that there is no other intelligence, that all being is divine, which does away with the belief that we are human beings. Behold, now is the accepted time to live this one and only life which is God. The Christian science treatment is the conscious realization, utilization, of God's power by the individual giving the treatment because Christian science treatment is the operation of the divine mind. It is absolutely necessary, therefore, for the individual to note what constitutes the divine. We know the divine mind because it is divine is wholly good. So the first point is that a treatment by the divine mind must be good for all concerned. First establish that divine mind gives the treatment. The divine mind has no personal aggrandizement, no lifting up of self above something or someone because it includes within itself all good. Mind knows the perfection of its own ideas, and to mind there is nothing but perfection. The divine mind has no false ambitions, no selfish aims, but is and maintains the universal harmony for all its ideas. The divine can recognize no evil to be punished or destroyed.
the sunshine knows no fog. In like manner, God, good, knows no evil. The divine mind destroys the belief in evil by being utterly unconscious of it, not by knowing it and then by making it a reality. As a belief in evil is to be destroyed, the mind that is the treatment destroys the belief by maintaining man and the universe in an eternal law of harmony. Where is this mind? Are we talking about this mind, or is this mind being us? Are we being the one and only mind? Mrs. Eddy tells us to, for she says on page 216 of the textbook, Give up your material belief of mind in matter and have but one mind, even God, for this mind forms its own likeness. This is our mind and our standpoint. I am discussing these things with you because I sometimes have the question put to me, when and how may I know that this mind is doing the treating? Well, we say, is there good and evil? The good to be blessed and the evil to be punished? Is there matter and spirit? Are there persons, places and things? All is mind knowing its own ideas. Mrs. Eddy uses two terms which help us to see more clearly what an actual Christian science treatment is. They are divine science and Christian science. Of course, they mean one and the same thing essentially. Divine science means the understanding of the divinity of God man and the universe, wholly good, spiritually mental, perfect, eternal, infinite, without blemish of any kind, the conscious individual being of this state of perfection. Christian science is the application of this understanding of being. It heals what seems to be alike, separate from God, mind, which involves the belief of evil. Let us ask ourselves, what is a Christian science treatment? Mrs. Eddy was asked to define a Christian science treatment. The absolute acknowledgement of present perfection was her answer. That which acknowledges perfection could only be mind, because mind knows the perfection of its own being. The Christian science treatment is mind in full operation and power. Anything less than that is talking about God and his creation. The Christian science treatment 
is the conscious operation of mind, the mind and power that is God on the part of the practitioner. Otherwise, from whence does one have the authority to say to the proud wave, thus far and no farther? Certainly not from man, for there is no such thing as man intelligence. Intelligence is a quality of divine mind. It is the primal and eternal quality of infinite mind of the triune principle, life, truth, and love, named God. Science and Health, page 469. Jesus never thought of speaking of himself as man, even spiritual man. He spoke and thought as the Father, for he understood the oneness of being. He said, I and my Father are one. Looking out from the perfection of God or principle and idea is the Christian science treatment. Attempting to demonstrate from the outlook of man to God does not constitute an actual Christian science treatment. When Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you, he gave the basis for the Christian science treatment. So did Paul when he said, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And Mrs. Eddy said, on page 465 of the textbook, Principle and its idea is one, and this one is God, omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent being. And his reflection is man and the universe. When once we begin to unfold this oneness of being, we see it everywhere in our books. The Christ-like understanding of scientific being and divine healing includes a perfect principle and idea, perfect God and perfect man, as the basis of thought and demonstration. Science and Health 259. Please note that Mrs. Eddy says as the basis of thought and demonstration. Then the basis in the work you do must be the understanding you have of your oneness with principle, your oneness with God, this one divine being. A good way to establish your oneness with God, your oneness with being in daily life, is to say often to yourself, what would God do about this? Mrs. Eddy says, on page 370, to be immortal, we must forsake the mortal sense of things turn from the lie of false belief to truth 
and gather the facts of being from the divine mind. We must remember we are not human beings. The individual mentality is not man but God because God is the mind of man. The belief that we are mortals or human beings is not Christian science treatment. What authority over sin, sickness, disease, and death would a human being have? None. What authority would what we call spiritual man have if he believed his thinking was separate from God? None. As we know what this mind knows, what is taking place? We find mind taking place. We find mind in full operation. We find that mind being ourselves. We find the oneness of being taking place, principle and its idea operating as one, not two. And here is the great point of departure. Whether we are giving the Christian science treatment, which is mind in full operation and expression, consciously understood, or whether the treatment is that of a man, even a spiritual man, thinking about God and the universe. This does not constitute the Christian science treatment. Man cannot give a treatment, a Christian science treatment. When we fail to see that God is our mind, then the thinking we do is necessarily about that mind or God, something outside ourselves. It still suggests old theological theories. The only treatment there is is mind in full operation and power. This is the great point of departure. Whether or not we have dominion with the moon under our feet as it is under the feet of the woman clothed with the sun, with the spirit, as John said. A Christian science treatment never endeavors to right something that is wrong. That is not a Christian science treatment. The consciousness of one's divine body, based upon the fact that God is the mind of man, begins to reveal what the universe and man are. And this is a Christian science treatment. Jesus healed Lazarus because he knew that he, being one with God, reflected that oneness which made Lazarus one with him in God. As thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they may be one in us, Looking out from mind, he was able to know there was no such thing as a dead man. A dead man was not one with his mind, 
which is God. From his divine outlook, Jesus rejected this finity and said to Lazarus, Come forth. Mrs. Eddy tells us in Science and Health on page 405, the basic error is mortal mind. And from this we can prove that we are never dealing with persons, places, or things. We are dealing with supposititious mortal mind. And the erroneous condition which seems to face us in the form which this mind has assumed to convince us of its reality. What needs to be treated is the mind which seems to be in error. The practitioner needs to be lifted up, as Jesus said of himself, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This and other sayings of Jesus, such as, The kingdom of God is within you, illustrate the need of the practitioner to eliminate the belief of the patient that he has a mortal mind to see the universe materially. The demonstration takes place in the consciousness of the individual doing the work. How else could one have dominion over one's own thinking, dominion over the belief that we are human beings, one of many of the earth. 